0: Welcome to the Nebraska Hawks Nets. These guys are brave! They're Hawkeyes, living in enemy territory. Listen, these guys are way past their field, but they're still Hawkeyes! They're spreading the Hawkeye hype to all of Nebraska! The frost advisory is cancelled! Corn whiskers? More like corn Suckers.
1: Are you ready for this
0: podcast? Let's go! Home.
1: All right. Welcome back to the Nebraska Hawks Nest, your Hawkeye oasis located in a lonely Nebraska desert. I am joined here today by, in my opinion, famous Hawkeye artist, Jeff McNutt, one of my favorites of all time. How's it going, man? Good. Thank you for having me on. This is awesome. Oh, dude, we're excited to have you. I've been following your work for quite some time and have one of your your pieces hanging up down here. And like I told you, every time my wife comes down, she points at it and she goes, that's my favorite thing down here by far. Nah. And she's always like, can we put that like in a real, more of a prominent location so like we can see it all the time. So she's always like moving it around and wanting to get more, but I'm pretty landlocked with my walls at this point. I don't have much space anymore, so. Well, you know, it's interesting you say that because I would say probably three fourths of the time
0: anybody that actually, you know, would purchase a piece of art from me is, is women really I, I, yeah i don't know I, I think it's you know when we're hawk fans you love your stuff so much you've got hawk stuff everywhere and yeah uh, and uh the because i make my artwork uh my first priority is making a good painting uh and the hawkeyes happen to be an idiot although i love the hawkeyes and was herky at one time uh but it's um it's something where you know yeah it's it's an interesting stat.
1: Yeah. I was going to ask you about that a little bit later in the interview, but we kind of have to hop to it now. I don't know if most people know that about you, that you actually were the Herky mascot. <laughs> now, like walk us through how that came to be that you got to be the actual mascot for the University of Iowa. If right. you have any crazy stories of things that happened and how damn hot did it get in that suit?
0: Oh my goodness. Yeah. I think that, uh, well, I was in 87 and 88. Um, and it should have been more of a university-sponsored uh, thing, but I happen to be in a fraternity called Delta Delta. Okay. And uh, somewhere along the line in the sixties or seventies, Herky kind of faded. I don't know if it was a 70s football team or something, but uh, this fraternity that I was in took it over, mm. and uh, they um, so they have you know if you for lack of a better word the rights to it. Okay. and basically you just had to try out. And I, I weighed a lot less uh than I did do now but um uh I was the herky that could break dance. Nice. So I used to, I used to be a break dance and pop and lock a herky and you know, I getting out there and it, but uh, the the thing that for me was um, I never really I've got to do some of the basketball and the wrestling type stuff but for the most part uh being a freshman and a sophomore when I did it um i was kind of more of the guy that got to do the high school or the mall tours or a wedding or something there was okay. like okay there was like 7 or 8 of us that did herky although no person ever does herky because herky is his own person so i'm not even supposed to legally talk about this in herky him. but uh yeah um but i think uh i think one thing that was always kind of funny that i've told people in the past is that uh uh you know i don't know why it was I wasn't a dumb kid, but, uh, every once in a while, uh, people would always want to take your picture. And I found myself oftentimes smiling <laughs> <laughs> under, under the mask. I am mean, like, I'm like I'm smiling, smiling, I get it, you know, whatever. But, um, That's yeah, awesome. so, uh, I, let's see what a, I, there was one time where I had a, a neighbor that I cut his grass at one time, uh, I um, I found out what was going on. I had the, I had the outfit, had the Herky outfit for the weekend I was doing. I can't even remember what it was, but this uh, guy was watching a Hawk game and there was a kid that was mowing his yard and he was in his basement next, sitting in his basement with a patio door. And I had it where the kid walked back and forth with the lawnmower. And then he switched off with me and then all of a sudden Herky the Hawk comes right by his door mowing his yard and and he jumped out of his seat and about died and, and uh, it was it was pretty funny but we took some pictures of playing where he, where he was watching a Hawk game with Herky that was that was kind of fun.
1: Um, I, I always thought yeah. it was really interesting that, like, I feel like we were the last Division 1 program to update our mascot. Uh, we finally did some years back, but, you know, her, the Herky head there forever looked like it was, you know, kind of designed in, like, the 1950s, and <laughs> they right. just, within yeah. a few years, they had, like, just the lines for the eyes, and, you know, it was uh, really an old-school look with the giant head and the tiny body, and then within, I don't know, it's been the last six seven years they finally updated it so that's probably a good thing
0: well i don't know if you you know i'm sure you do but a lot of people don't realize that we were one of the only schools for a long i don't know if ever but we had two mascots we had the football mascot and we had the wrestling that's mascot true
1: mascot. yeah
0: well so we had and and uh uh the interesting thing was is that i mean i understand why they did what they did because if you took that helmet the football helmet off of the big herky it would have been a goofy look and nobody would have been like what's this big white headed thing you know yeah. so they went with the other one which was smart uh but i always um when i did when i was in the outfit with in suit i guess you could say with the uh, wrestling basketball herkies kids were scared they didn't like that mean herky and i noticed that the new new herky that they kind of patterned after the basketball wrestling one that's kind of a nice nicer demeanor is his. his eyebrows are a little more like this than that you know yeah yeah or straight I guess I should say yeah
1: make make it a little more kid friendly so it doesn't freak people out and that makes makes sense now Jeff you were born in Iowa originally can you uh take everyone back to um just growing up what made you become a Hawkeye fan and what really got you into becoming an artist well
0: before I do uh there was a long, a long time ago where um, I wanted to be really cool as a Hawkeye, right? And I had some shows going on. This was like in 2010, something like that. And there was an artist that I really loved named Julian Schnabel, and he's kind of a pop art New York guy. And And uh, he always wore these glasses with, with colored lenses. So I bought these lenses in this prescription glasses, and it's been 10 years, and I can't see a damn thing. So I'm going to take them <laughs> off. I just want to make the one time... I actually spent money on something I can. So (laughs) I'm going to switch off to my other glasses, but Hey, you know, it was money well spent for your show. It's a a true artist. Custom, uh, you know, Glasses, but I, uh, anyway, yeah.
1: What <laughs> was your cool. question? <laughs> I know, when you, like, growing up in Iowa, where exactly in Iowa did you grow up? And uh, tell us about uh, what it really was that made you become a big Hawkeye fan and what got you into uh, becoming an artist. Um, well, I mean, I remember
0: just growing up with it. You know, I think that uh, I remember one of the, my first memories of a Hawkeye festival kind of atmosphere was in 1982 with the Rose Bowl. Mm. And I remember how when Hayden Fry got hired, um how uh the mood changed. I remember in, in junior high school walking around and everybody had roses and there were roses pictures. I mean this is Indian Hills Junior High in, in Des Moines. So it was like isn't it interesting that nothing had happened but then the junior high school as well as just everybody was all into the like the Rose Bowl going there in 82 was a big big deal yeah um we, and then we got we got beat by the Washington Huskies I think that's who they played but uh, yeah they were good um, my my dad and uh mom had a had a Rose Bowl party and it was just a fun atmosphere and it was uh, a lot of friends and some family over we had a tv going and I want to say there was probably a good, and I'm, maybe my memory is wrong, but I want to say like there was 20 or 30 people floating around in this thing, maybe 20. Okay. And as a kid, that's, I would have been, what, 13. It just was, it was interesting. I mean, we had a, a good family background and 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 a good family, but it felt like a Thanksgiving dinner kind of thing, like a big one, you know, where everybody was kind of hanging out. Um, I would say for me as an artist, that's I, I you know, I didn't purposely do this, but when I was as a Hawkeye in creating art, I like it because the Hawkeye fans uh and the ones that gravitate towards my work, when I go into a painting, I'm trying to put like a positive energy or a fun energy or a something. Yeah. And so I was a little artsy, but I think that it I try to get it so it it'll resonate off the off the uh canvas in, in an infected environment so okay uh, but i th- i think that thank that thanksgiving family kind of thing i think that's why i love doing the hawkeye work is that it's uh it's it's less about collecting and it's more about uh having a thanksgiving kind of thought process i guess something like that
1: yeah. And, you know, that really ties into, um, a quote that I read of yours where you said, when my, my when my art's completed, I want it to affect a room with a sense of beauty and soul. And I'm like, that's mm-hmm. pretty, that's pretty, that's pretty sweet. Like, that's cool. Yeah. That's an awesome quote. And you really, you know, describe that. And the cool part about your art is like you, and you do other things other than Iowa Hawkeye art. You have a lot of other cool projects that you do that, um, we'll have to make sure we talk about, but it, it, it stops you in your, you know, steps right away whenever I see it. I'm like, wow, it's got yeah, no, such no. a unique flavor and it's so eye-catching and it's so different than anything else you ever see. But at the same time, most of your works, it's, you can tell that's Jeff McNutt, like that's a McNutt, you know, painting yeah. right there. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. yeah.
0: I, uh, I think that, um, one of the things I learned in painting, I, I don't know why, this sticks with me, but we were doing a still life and we had this uh, uh, tomato and I was painting this uh, tomato and I was painting it, you know, the circle and then painting in the color. And one of my professors taught me about intent of stroke. Okay. So if I was to move the paint the way that it felt like the, like the tomato, it felt uh, more realistic even but more um, had more uh, feeling to it. And so I feel like just how like when you shake a hand or when you do anything, everything has an intent to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I feel like the paintings, if my intent is to really realize, hey, this is going into an environment, there's a little more passion behind it. And I think that just that extra
1: edge kind of brings it into it that's cool that's a really cool way to describe it now i want to ask you about a a couple specific pieces um that you did i'm going to pull up on the screen here that i this one right here is one i'm going to have to get a reproduction of i i think that is (laughs) such a cool picture like (laughs) That is you know, I again I mean you never see anything like that before but can you kind of describe that to us and for the people listening on the podcast that aren't really getting to see a visual representation of it um really yeah. what it is that um that you did here
0: Well um originally what that painting was was the old field house herky with the wings up And if you look at the painting you'll see above his hand a little bit of a wing but like on the left hand side towards the towards the bottom, uh, you can see Herky's, like the winged Herky's head, kind of bleeding through a little bit. Do you see
1: those? Yep, yep.
0: So it was originally supposed to be this this winged Herky, and what I find makes my paintings rich uh, for me is when I constantly look for a harmony where I'm putting paint on, taking paint off. Uh, That particular painting, Uh, it, my kids gave me this stuffed hippo when they were <laughs> little and it's this little uh, uh, thing we call paw hippo and that's my paw hippo hawkeye painting because okay. the, the, wood, the wood that's around it is gray and that okay. was this little stuffed hippo but that wood that's around it is actually uh, wood from kinnick stadium seating wow so I, when we uh when, when the uh, stadium was renovated and they had all this seating that was up in the uh, press box suite that came down. The the um, that gray was painted so that when people walk up steps, or they had it, they flipped it so that people were walking on the gray, and underneath it was the uh, numbers. Cool. So, does that make sense? If you're going yeah. up the stairs, you'd be walking on painted kinnick wood, but underneath it is the is a stenciled
1: number from a seat okay okay see that that was the one thing my wife makes me keep all my hawkeye stuff in the you know the hawk's nest down here and which granted is what i should do but she i she was looking at your work and she said that one i would put in the living room like if Ah, we should put that up in our living room and i said okay well then i'm gonna have to talk to jeff and get one then because she (laughs) she said she'd allow that to go in the living room so that one that one yeah yeah that specific one that i pulled up this one right here
0: yeah but if you look at the bottom too, when I that was one of the, I don't know if it was the one of the first ones, but on the bottom he's standing around this brown stuff. Yeah, and uh, that's actually I took kinnick brick and crushed it down into like a, a rough dust. And wow. So that this it's kind of got a texture to it, and what I found over time was people just couldn't help themselves, but they wanted to pick at it. Oh. And they it, would, it didn't matter what age you were, <laughs> uh, so. What I ended up doing was crushing brick down into a, uh, a really fine dust. And then I put it in this like um, cup. Uh, it's like a, like a, a coffee cup that, where you have like a filter. Okay. And I have like a, a solution of a thing called liquid. And there's some uh, linseed oil. And just the mixture of, of, of uh, painting solvents that I use. Anyway, it extracts some of the brown pigment off of the Kinnick brick. And okay. so now I use, if you see any of my paintings that have kind of a dirty brown to it, um, it's probably Kinnick brick stain.
1: That is, that's so great. I yeah. love that. Is that one available for like a reproduced purchase? <laughs> it's in my studio.
0: Is that if your wife wants that, I might have to hook you up, but uh, okay, yeah. that would be awesome. And I, I, I uh, uh, yeah, we'll have to see what we can do with that one. But she, right. What does she like sure. about it? It's, it's interesting because a lot of people gravitate towards it, and I think it's just the energy of pa. <laughs> I,
1: I there's so many things okay. about it. A, it's like it's so unique, and you've never seen Herky in that type of setting before. Like, yeah. it's just it's such a different take on it, and it just it has like an old timey like sense of like a class, cool. and you know you feel like it's a little bit of like a snapshot back, you know, sixty seventy years ago. It's just. I don't know, there's so many things going for it that make it really cool and unique. So Yeah, um, thank you. Yeah. And yeah. then the, the well, crushed brick. Did, I didn't know he that. Had
0: the, uh, he had the big fur coat on and I kinda wanna have a wintry feel. And then the, the wood around it was gray and it just felt like paw hippo. So oh yeah. it's
1: <laughs> it's so it's really cool. And then and now that I know the background story on it, it makes it even even cooler. Um, All right. I want to ask you about this other one too, that I thought was super unique. That was really cool. Oh yeah. Um, That's one of my, one of my favorites too. Uh, What was your inspiration on on this piece? Um,
0: Well, uh, that goes back to loving and getting to know the Scottish Highlanders. Okay. Uh, Some of your audience may not realize it, but uh, back in the fifties, sixties, seventies, and even into the eighties during the halftime show, a huge uh Scottish Highlander group would come out and do a routine. Uh it was a it was like a bagpipe Scottish Highlander thing. Okay. And this was this was a nationally huge uh thing. I don't know why I still haven't figured that out because it is such a niche unique thing, but nationally everybody knew who the Highlanders were. Yeah. So if you were to pull that up again, I'll show you. Yeah, so I got what it. Right I, I started doing is you may not be able to see it. The only place that's probably right. I don't know if you can blow it up, but in the upper left-hand corner where that blue stripe kind of crosses. Okay. You see, all the, you see all these little marks of like blacks and stuff. Actually yeah. the painting, the first layer of this painting was a bunch of women who did the Scottish Highlanders with the bagpipes. And I, I met a, a lady named Margie out of Cedar Rapids, who was the, uh, one of the, the leaders of it. Uh, and back, uh, the thing that really caught me was back in 1957 and 59, I think it was, I think it was 57. Um, this is hard to believe uh, in this day and age. But um, uh, back in 57, when they were going to the Rose Bowl, uh, the state, you know, like now, was, was sponsoring them in some sort of way. But back in 57, when I was going to the Rose Bowl, they didn't have enough money to take the cheerleaders, the band or the Scottish Highlanders. So there was this big thing. If you look at some of the newspaper reports, the only people that were going to the Rose Bowl (laughs) was the Iowa Hawkeye football team. That's all they had enough money to do. So at the end of the day, what ended up happening three weeks before they were supposed to go out and perform at the, uh, you know, uh, the Rose Bowl parade or whatever, um, down in Fort or, uh, Fort Madison, uh, they had a Santa Fe Railroad. And a Santa Fe Railroad, back at the time, when we think of it, we think of it as just delivering coal and stuff. They actually had luxury, luxury liners. So Santa Fe Railroad stepped up three weeks before they were going to go and took the uh, Scottish Highlanders, the band, and uh, herky and cheerleaders and all of it on this long tour. Uh, in in a um, a big giant luxury liner, they had like they had like menus and I mean, there's some oh, really yeah. where it's like I have you know, the menu. I have the menu. Give the menu. Okay, yeah. so you know what I'm talking about. So yeah, I, I think the thing that was amazing was is just how they they went back and forth. But uh, so I got to know some of those people, and I don't see a lot of, of Scottish Highlander stuff just because it's not present day of mine. I don't think anybody means anything by it, but I think for me, it's just. Meeting those people and that thought of Thanksgiving man they that Scottish Highlander alumni group
1: this' just it is one big family it's awesome well that's you know such a piece of history you know and mm-hmm. it's great to do stuff like that because it keeps that history alive and uh, I didn't know about all that either and I you know I feel like oh I'm one of the biggest Hawkeye fans you know there's a lot I know a lot you know uh, that was well, a story I didn't just, know about The interesting thing is, and I believe this is accurate because I've talked about it
0: a couple years ago, but um, the University of Iowa still owns the rights to the Scottish Highlanders. And Michigan was trying to buy them, and they wouldn't sell. (laughs) But yet, we don't see them. I think think the thing, too, is, is that a lot of Hawkeye fans that I've met love them, and some of them are like they don't get it because it was so it was a bunch of bagpipes in the middle of halftime of a football game. Some people just didn't get it. I just think it's really cool as an artist, all the colors and the yeah. the, the, the tart, tartans, I think is what it's called, the different patterns. Um, they showed me how, uh, the other thing too, is they had this huge drum uh, and like everybody signed it, like Kennedy and, you know, like, I'm not sure who all, but like Marilyn Monroe kind of people, whatever, just stars and stuff. But uh, there is a there is a shot of that highlander uh trip or band the iowa trip on santa fe in back one of the programs i think if you even google it you can see it and there's two uh drums that are lights that are on uh e- either side of the caboose and the, the band's kind of like you know posing with it and there's a uh i wonder if it's still there it's been a couple years since i've been out there but there was a restaurant in des moines that somehow has something with a train in it. I, I should have looked this up before I got on your show, but they have one of those drums, and it kills me. Wow, because it, it's so cool. And I, I mean, for me, is I it just it's like there's certain things as an artist that are just so interesting. Yeah, And that's one of them. But uh, yeah, if anybody knows what I'm talking about, the train, the train place out in in uh, West Des Moines, I think is is still there. So.
1: And you were talking about that trip out to the Rose Bowl. One thing that blew me away and it's had to have been remastered, but if you get on YouTube, the university's got a ton of footage from the team and everybody out at the Rose Bowl doing the different activities. And there, there's about two or three of them and they're, they're about an hour apiece. But so you got to have a little bit of time just to sit and enjoy it, but it really pull, it pulls you back in to, to that time period. And it is, I think, extremely interesting. Yeah. I think that the other thing too, is just, I, it's
0: just, it's, you know, sometimes we just think about our reality, but thinking about their reality and that there was no Twitter, there's no Facebook. And yet they went from town to town to town from uh, Iowa city or Fort, Fort Madison to, to Pasadena and did like little uh, shows the Highlanders did. Yeah. I mean, uh, it was, it was pretty amazing. Uh, what Uh And Art Linklater, I guess, was kind of a big guy back then. He was kind of like a Jimmy Fallon kind of guy, and, and he had a show, and they were on it at Disneyland. And, yeah, it's it's really cool how, how deep some of this Iowa history goes. And I think for me, at the beginning and now, when I do some of the paintings, uh, the Herky, not so much because I kind of get it uh, – But really digging in, there's so much really unique, interesting history that I think I've just kind of tapped the surface a little bit, so...
1: No, and it's it's great for all of us Hawkeye fans to hear it too. It's really interesting. It adds so much more depth to our fandom and you know, the history yeah. of the of a program we love so much across all sports and the university as a whole and state as a whole. Um, you're doing some really cool work right now for um a big event coming up, Fry Fest. have got a couple projects that you're up to right now. Can you tell us about what you're doing?
0: Yeah. Um well, I'm grateful that the uh, Think Iowa City, Iowa City Corville Visitors Bureau uh, years ago um, asked me to be the first Fry Fest uh, artist, and so I painted uh, Hayden Fry's painting portrait, um, where it's just basically his head, and uh, and I said the only thing they they were auctioning off the painting, the original, they sold posters, uh, and I said the only thing I want to do is just meet Hayden Fry, and they were like. Ugh. You know it's really busy. You know I'm like even if I could just get a all I want's just a photo with him, and uh, they said uh, no. Uh, Surely his wife was kind of putting being really careful because he was sick. Yeah, at the time. And this was uh, was the first Fry Fest 2009.
1: Is that right? And yeah, and, and I don't think
0: a lot of pe- most people knew even knew yeah. he was sick then. Well, right, right, but he was he was maybe she was really putting. Just making sure so anyway he found out that i was he and shirley found out that i was donating the the painting proceeds and the poster proceeds and uh i got a call literally the night before and they said hey hayden wants to meet you he thinks it's really cool what you're doing he'd really like to meet you and sign this painting and, that, and they're like can you do that i'm like yes
1: <laughs> then, you
0: know <laughs> and i'm like oh you know and oh, i yeah I, I, was all, I was all freaking out and nervous or whatever and um uh, so I immediately got my, my canvas and, uh, a a, a uh, uh, I don't even know what they're <laughs> the, uh, easel. I had an, a huge easel at the time. I used a wall now, but I had a huge easel and I went up to the Marriott in Coraville and put that thing up, found out the room they were going to put up the painting, put up the easel, oh, you know, everything's fine. And then I'm like, okay, I need to really dress up and, you know, whatever. And, and uh, so I found uh, I had a, a black suit and a yellow tie and just, and now the, they wanted to do it at 830. I was there like at 810, 815. And um, so I'm standing there at the front door where this conference room was, where he was going to come in and off in the back, kind of like this was my painting. Okay. But it was probably 15 feet away from the door, but I'm standing there waiting for him, right? He comes walking in. I hear the voice coming around the corner. Yeah, well, surely I'm all there, you know, whatever. And he comes around the corner, he walks in. And uh I said, Mr. Fry, it's nice to meet or Coach Fry, it's nice to meet you. He goes, Yeah, it's nice to meet you too. And he walked right by me. Hmm. And I'm like, what the hell. <laughs> and he and he and Shirley walked right by me. And then he's like, Wow, look at this painting. He's got the tiger hawk and he's doing this. He's got the tiger hawk hat on, his sunglasses. Man, this is good painting. And then his entourage, then the people came in that were working with him that day came in. And uh they said, Hayden, this is Jeff McNutt. This is the guy that did your painting. He gets up in my face. I'm gonna try to do a little camera action. You did this painting. I'm like, yes, sir. No, you did this painting, son. I would have put you on the front line. I was looking around the room for some squirrely guy.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which was awesome. And I was like, oh, thank you for that. It, it was just, uh, it was hilarious. And he started laughing at me <laughs> and stuff. Cause I'm like six, four and like 350 pounds. I'm a big guy. He thought I was the security guard. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we had this signing and you know, what was really bizarre was we had this whole thing of everything. And he started describing, uh, what happened to him. And this kind of leads me into this current project a little bit. Yeah. But he started, he started uh, uh, telling me what uh, happened to him when he first came on as a coach. So he was paid like $50,000 a year, which is nuts. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and so he had a contest. He wanted everybody to look like a hawk. He had that contest you've probably heard forever about how he wanted to have people look like a hawk. Nobody was really dressed under the hawk. Okay. And so he had his contest to be able to to make a new logo, and I met the guy Bill Colbert who ended up designing the logo, and Bill Colbert told me the whole process that I could share with you if you want. But basically, yeah, yeah. he did spray paint spray painting on a black helmet, the Tiger Hawk, and sent it to Hayden's office. He looked at it, was like, "Yep, yeah, this is it." So he, he Hayden. And this is another thing it just blows me away back in 1979 hayden owns owned the rights to the tiger hawk so he had he had the rights not the university hayden fry and he made this thing called hawkeye marketing company and he went around and i remember as a kid watching a, a news show and they they introduced the tiger hawk and people don't like change Iowans don't like change. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so to go from what they were used to, to this weird thing, uh, was kind of an up, uphill battle. And Hayden told me he formed this Hawkeye marketing company and he wanted to license out the Tigerhawk. And nobody was really taking him up, which I think is crazy. But he ended up going around from uh, different companies and he got a contract with uh, J.C. Penney's, And they did 65 pro- uh, products. And I guess JCPenney's for years was the one that distributed and made the Tiger Hawk, you know, accessible to everybody. Really? So, um, so the interesting thing was is that the, the uh, Fry Fest came to me again this year, wanted me to do a Hayden Fry painting. And having met him and everything and getting to know more about his history, you've, I think you've seen on Facebook, I've posted it a couple of times. Uh, I really wanted to make like a Hayden explosion of just Hayden stuff with the tiger hawk and all of that so i'm working on that right now um and that's going to be for fry fest and you know in the past they were going to auction it off and in the past they have uh sold posters well they're making 500 posters once they're gone that's it of this hayden fry uh painting and uh they're giving them away so if the first 500 people that walk through that door that go to uh think iowa city booth right in the middle i think is where it is um they can get a poster. <laughs> I'll sign it. But um, so anyway, I, I think that that poster and that history and doing all that—it's just—it's just, it's just really—it's going back to that Thanksgiving thing when you go to the trade show and you you go to the uh, you know the concerts afterward. Fry, the Fry Fest organizers, Josh Schomburger and and Monica Deves—they they've all done uh, great stuff. Nick Cating, uh, Nate's brother—that uh, whole team is great and um so uh one of the things that in addition to that fry fest piece the other one that just so happens and this wasn't planned but just so happens a co-sponsor of the fry fest is the eastern iowa airport Mm -hmm. and they are developing a permanent display they've totally redone the eastern iowa airport they have a, a big restaurant on the second floor called high porch It's this whole Hawkeye sports bar food thing that's got a high porch picnic thing from Hayden Fry. And down on the main floor, they're building a uh, – well, they have built a permanent display of Hayden where Hayden Fry is going to be. And the Fry family sent up uh, his actual white pants and some shirts and his uh, uh, boots that he wore. Uh, that were made from a. You can look in the boot and you can see like the name of the people that made it from Humboldt, Iowa. That's a certain pattern. I'm gonna, I'm gonna find out those people. But that's anyway, cool. uh, they are. They're having me do a painting that's right behind uh, this. They're gonna have like a mannequin with his stuff on, and behind it, I'm gonna have a 48 by 60 inch uh, Hayden Fry painting that I'm working on too. But the long story that's not short in all this is that. Uh, he talked about J.C. Penney's and how much he loved J.C. Penney's, and how it you know it helped him with his income, with his family and stuff. And I, because I had him for a whole half hour at Fry Fest, the first one, and we were driving around. I was talking to the organizers, at Eastern Iowa Airport, and uh, I thought, you know, um, rather than buying a mannequin. I'm going to call J.C. Penney's and see if they would lo- give us a mannequin. And they did. So the mannequin that we have, and I had to really make sure the mannequin wasn't too far off because there was a lot of mannequins that were, you know, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got a mannequin that's just kind of lunged forward a little bit, but it just, that I think the thing is the intent of the tomato stroke, the intent of things that the background, nobody's going to know unless they watch your show. That mannequin is from J.C. Penny's the thing that Peyton loved, but that's going to be part of it, too. So these two people are the Eastern Art Airport and the uh, Think Iowa City are going to get together and, and uh, have some sort of co-promote with these two paintings that I happen to be doing at the same time. So, Wow. Yeah. I really want one of those
1: posters.
0: I'll hook you up.
1: Oh, I, I got to get the
0: grass hawk nest got to have.
1: Oh, it's got to have. I got to have that like front and center, man. You got to <laughs> sign it for me. That's <laughs> yeah. awesome. Jeff, with all the projects that you've done, and I'm sure this is just like very, very difficult for you to answer. So if you need to think about it or name a couple things, that'd be totally cool. But what's one or two of the pieces that you've done that just like, you know, emotionally, spiritually really just mean the most to you that really hit home that when you looked at it, you know, it just, it almost made you, emo- maybe maybe made you emotional, come to tears that you were just fulfilled you so much. Wow. That's hard.
0: I mean, there's one painting I did of the 1985 Iowa Michigan uh, kick that uh, Brett and Ellen Feller is a couple that, have been huge hawkeye supporters they were very helpful in talking about what meant to them because brent is a physician and they're uh he was talking about how he was there you know yeah. so um that one was important uh there's another guy that has come into my life uh uh, uh jake Niels. um he's a owner of a place called dynamic solutions and in, in uh iowa city it's just off melrose but he came into my life. It was just one of those, I think for me, it's like, yes, it's it's cool to make a painting, but there's a there's moment where, you know, God shows up. Yeah. You know, I think that for me, uh, there was a moment where it just, it, we needed some sort of uh, uh, money or something. I can't remember what even was going on. But out of the middle of nowhere, I get this this email from Jake. And he wanted to, he's a big fan of mine. And he ended up helping us out quite a bit and uh, helping out my studio. I mean, because I was having some problems getting the studio kind of moved over. And um, so he was a big help. And he's got a whole bunch of his stuff in his office that it's just overwhelming to go in his office. Because he's got one piece that's four by 16 feet. Uh, He's got another one that's five by... 180 inches, whatever that is. Okay. Um, So there's some big pieces in his place, but it was really more, it wasn't necessarily a a big money thing. It was more about just, he happened to help me at the right time and I wanted to help him. It's a spirit thing. I think there's some times where uh, that sort of happens. But I think the most, if you were to say the most important painting I did uh, in my whole career, regardless of anything, uh, was one where I did a uh, painting for a kid named austin schrader, and uh, austin is uh, his nickname was flash. I remember that one you know the flight with flash thing yep. um, I had found out uh, so i i didn 't know how sick flash was, and I knew his dad Craig and Craig and I kind of went back a few years and I remember even when austin was a little a little, little boy I never really mm-hmm. met him, but we kind of worked together. So I didn't know how sick Austin was. And I just was on Facebook and messaged that to him. I was at the studio. And then all of a sudden me and Craig went back and forth and I I just, God put it on my heart. uh, Can I, do you think a painting would be good for Austin? And he's like, absolutely. And I don't know why I said it, but I'm like, well, Saturday at 10 a.m. I'm gonna have a painting for him. And then it just was like, I was on, I, I worked this huge 48 by 72 flash DC comic like print, but I had like, I have buried in these other pieces. I had a ton of flashes buried in them and, um, but it was big. And I thought, uh, you know, I'll bring it, bring it to, to this hospital and maybe we can put it on easel somewhere. And before I, when I got it done, um, went to the hospital and, uh, Something in me was like, bring your hanging tools. But I'm, I'm also arguing with that inner voice going, the University of Iowa will not let anything be hung on anything without eight, eight different committees approving it. Yeah. but I still brought it and I went to uh, uh, the, uh, the, the pediatric wing and the oncology wing, brought it in and as I was bringing it in, I didn't realize he had been there for a few weeks and he was being told he couldn't leave today. Mm. that he had to stay there for a few more weeks i mean imagine being a little kid with leukemia and then 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 and being there for three weeks thinking you're leaving and then being told you know so he he wasn't smiling a lot he wasn't happy and i didn't know all this was going on and then i bring this big painting in and he just beamed he was smiling and his mom was tearing up and i I was like, wow, this really good. (laughs) That wasn't the reason why. It was because it was making such an energy change in that environment. I think something like that, when you put passion in it, it will change an environment. Oh yeah. uh, So the other thing too that was kind of a little God moment was, um, so there's no way the easel would have fit. It was too small of a room. I was like, I go, well, I'll probably have to take this back. And when I said that immediately, one of the, I don't know if it was the director of oncology or somebody that was one of the higher-ups in oncology, I looked on the wall that was opposite of uh, uh, Austin's bed, and there was a little nail, a little screwed-in nail that was really solid, and it was perfectly put. But if I put another little, just a little anchor thing, it would have hung perfectly. And... This guy says, what do you do? And I said, I gotta take this painting out. I go, I'd love to hang it here because you got already the deal. He goes, I won't say anything if you don't. I'm like, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I told you to you know, hung it up. So for the next couple of weeks, he was telling all the people, the nurses about the different flashes and stuff that are in there. And for me, that changed my world as not only a uh, artist, human being, but even uh, a profession and working in oncology in some way. And then. Continuing to work with uh uh the LLS team, uh particular candidate named Michael Anderson was was awesome. But just people like that, like Michael or the Schraders or anybody that brings passion into something like that, if I'm a part of it, it just just it just fuels me.
1: You know, it's just awesome. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing though, to be able to change a kid's perspective like that, especially yeah. Everything he was going through, and you know, a kid that age two weeks, three weeks that's a lifetime like that Mm -hmm. takes a really long time. As adults, like two weeks, right? That flies by quick, but yeah, for a kid, especially one that's going through leukemia in the hospital like that, Mm -hmm. that's a long, long long time. And something Mm -hmm. like that really makes that time that he's spending there, I'm sure, a lot more enjoyable. Well, Austin
0: was, you know, a human being, had feelings just like anybody else, but he seemed to be a little bit beyond his years i mean i saw him uh as he continued to progress he was such a positive kid yeah and he was always stepping up to the plate and i think the thing that really resonates with me to this day is a saying that um craig stacy and and austin had was win the day mm. i mean do are you really when you get up during the day are you really winning the day or did you have a rough night last night and you know i mean we all have those rough nights and everything (laughs) but i think the point is it's just if you make a gratitude list and you're able to walk through and just think about you know what are you grateful for that seems to turn you know your, your life around and i don't mean like grateful for my family and my income which i am but like that uh we have city lights that there's you know cement on the on the ground that we have a grocery store to go to, you just like the little things making the little thing gratitude list it's like you could get a twenty page paper going, so being around Austin and his family kind of taught me that
1: we all take that stuff for granted. I mean, living here, you just are like it's there every single day, and you know kids that are in his his situation, his position, I think tend to a lot of times be wise uh, among their you know among their years because you know they've experienced such so much more than any other kid that age has and you talk to some of these kids that are going through this and you're like, man, like this kid is so much farther along than I was when I was that age, so much more mature and such a better perspective mm-hmm. than I ever had. And, you know, you just admire that about a lot of those kids, how brave they are and, you know, how they gain that perspective. And it's, um you know, it's a tough fight and, you know, it's that's awesome that you were able to do something like that for him to make that time yeah, in, was- in the hospital that much more enjoyable. Wasn't doing it for that. I was just listening to the voice that was inside and all that
0: stuff just kind of happened. But it changed my life and made me really realize, hey, you know, that same kind of moment I have seen with Hawkeye fans, not as dramatic and not with a leukemia patient, but it is something uh, amazing to be able to affect somebody's, uh, you know, environment or you know i've had some uh a fan one time uh you know reach out to me and and uh they were celebrating their 25th wedding anniversary um it was one of those where you know i do command a good price for the paintings that i do just because of the amount of work i think the size depending on what they do um but i i did end up giving this one to a 25th anniversary uh couple that uh it just felt like the it just felt like the right thing to do and it just felt like a a good were in western iowa i'm blanking on their name but they paid me for for uh uh shipping that was good enough so wow that's
1: uh that's great
0: yeah but there's (laughs) there's other times where you know i think for me it's just i think money is is not necessarily it's the price that's put on it although i do have a value that i place on the paintings I think for me it's more of a transference of energy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know yes, you it sounds artsy too, it's a physical dollar bill, but really it's does that person feel the same love from me that they're giving to me?
1: Yeah. Does
0: that equal out and have a balance based on what I'm putting in and what they're putting in? And I think I've kind of felt found that chord, but yeah.
1: It's yeah, it goes so much deeper than, yeah. you know, just the dollar, but you also have to eat and pay the bills, too. So, right, right, you know, you right. got to you got to balance all that. Um I was going to tell you, we got to stop by and say hi again. I'm going to be coming through for the Purdue game um, oh, nice. on homecoming weekend and bringing the family. So I'd love to show the kids a studio and yeah. we're doing um we're going to do a live remote show um in West Branch from the down under uh sports bar there and we got some former players coming by so if you if you're free that Friday before we're gonna be hanging out having an, a few beers and appetizers and doing some player interviews so we'd love to have you if you're free.
0: Yeah. Uh what when is that?
1: Do you know? Um it is October 15th. October okay. 15th. Yep.
0: Yeah uh no that'd be that'd be awesome. Uh, speaking of West Branch, one thing I forgot to mention, I've heard you mention that on one of your other your, yeah. your other shows uh is there's a shop in west branch called hawk toys oh yeah and the hawk toy family uh Mm -hmm. randy and beth and i think shannon i think is yeah shannon shannon uh man they are like what uh, you know like an iowa feeling when you go into that store it just feels good i mean yeah they have a lot of hawkeye stuff i think they have more probably in the archives that i hear that randy's got but um uh, they actually helped me out for this Fry Fest poster, or not poster, but the Fry Fest painting that I'm doing for this year. Uh, in Intermixed throughout the painting, in addition to hit, painting a bunch of Haydens, uh, I have applied and pasted like a multimedia. So there's actual real tickets okay. from uh, 85, 79, 96 season. I've got a peach bowl ticker from 82. I've got every bowl appearance that Hayden made. I took apart the, the bowl pins and I and was able to shuck out the, um, the paper from the pin. Okay. And I, I applied the pin paper onto these paintings in a compositional way, but they were really helpful to me. There was one ticket that I wanted to get, and yeah, I just, it was just, it cost a lot, but I, but yeah. they gave me, they gave me a break on it. Uh, it was the i the original Iowa, Michigan 1985 ticket.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. I saw it, that. That was a, that's yeah. a,
0: a steep one. That's a steep one. that, and that one's, that one is on, on that painting. So we were able to work that out. And, and uh, it's just exciting as a, I mean, most people are going to walk right by it, but for me, it's just something that's really cool to have that, somebody had that ticket and went to that game and that's in
1: the painting. That's very cool. All yeah. those little original touches that you put in there, like the little bits of the the brick and you know the tickets, like that. That's another thing that just sets your stuff apart yeah. and oh, you know, gives it its own life. So that's just super unique and cool. Yeah, yeah. I spend way too much money at Hawk Toys. So every, <laughs> every time I go to West Branch, it's like I walk out with sacks of stuff and stuff. <laughs> I think they stock up before I come in. They know I'm weak. So to yeah. So I bet you that,
0: uh, that West, what was the name of the place at West Branch that you're going uh, to? Down Under. Uh, is that right next to him?
1: Yeah, It's like Caddy Corner, like right across the yeah. street there, yeah. yeah. That whole yeah. little nook is, is
0: a really great great place to go so. it
1: is i i enjoy it and like i told them i'm like being you know i'm creeping into my 40s now i kind of feel a little weird going out in iowa city after a game i'm like the old guy <laughs> at the bar, and i'm like i'm closer to the age of the parents now of the students yeah. so i'm like oh man maybe i should find some other like places to go celebrate a victory or have a beer or two after the game you know i might swing down to the ped mall for a little bit but i'm I'm a little out of the 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 accepted age bracket down there.
0: Yeah, the uh, the two a.m. Uh, euros or uh, yeah, old Rocky Rococo wannabe kind
1: of places. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah yeah. <laughs> I, I've had those two a.m. euros before. I don't even think I could make it till two a.m. I know. Right? I, know. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I can't. We go out. I'm like. When it's midnight, I'm like, oh, geez, I need to go to bed. I'm gonna feel yeah. terrible tomorrow. I'm really worn out.
0: It's Had like a long drive. I'm a little dehydrated.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's yeah, I'm yeah. pathetic. Though I used to be the guy that could go like later than anyone else, and now all my buddies are like, geez, like you are mortal. Like you can't do it anymore. I'm like, as soon as I turn like 38, I'm like, I'm nowhere near as tough as I used to be. I got to be wrap it up by about 11:30 midnight, or I'm uh, I'm gonna pay for it the next day
0: that's the same way with me. I think when I, between 30 and 40, 45, um, I could paint for a long time, like 12 hours kind of sessions. And now I can only go like four and then I'm wiped and I got to take a break.
1: That's a long time to paint though. Four hours, like that's still pretty good. It's, it's a lot of, my
0: process is about putting paint on and taking paint off and finding a harmony. Whenever I go into a painting, I always know exactly what I want to do. And it never turns out that way because when you put paint on the canvas stuff just sort of changes when you move stuff around fast too like i'm constantly moving and i think you know <laughs> like as as a former breakdancer dancer herky there's <laughs> sort of a music thing that takes over and i i play music strategically within my uh artwork so nice. if there is a uh where i'm going a little crazy i might put on uh, you know mm-hmm. the prodigy or uh acdc or you know some sort of like pop 80s thing something or other okay Um, but if there is a moment where i have to be slow and quiet uh a miles davis kind of blue will go on there's some electronic jazz that i'll put on and it just helps me kind of calm down to refine it so um yeah there's that to it too but
1: very I cool. I was going at that. No, I, it's just interesting <laughs> stuff. I like hearing the background of it. It's super interesting. Well, Jeff, thanks so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. And um, we're, we're all big fans of yours. And hopefully this interview will, you know, get you exposed to a whole new sector of Hawkeye fans that, you know, don't know about your work. And uh, what's the best way that um, if they get on your, your website or any way if, if a fan wants to purchase either an original piece or, a reproduction what's the best way to get in contact with you
0: um the best way i mean you can go on to uh McNutt Art, and that's my last name mc and as a nancy utt and then the word art art.com my email is the same it's mcnuttart but it's at gmail.com and if you go to my website my phone number is listed if somebody wants to text me that's probably the best way to do it they can mm-hmm. certainly call, but, it seems like my call thing is blocking people at times. So if they want to text me, that, that'd that be probably the best way to do it. Uh, okay. I think one of the things that, uh, you know, if, if there is an event or if there's something special, I can always try to do a print. Uh, but years ago, I tried to do uh, reproductions, and it's just I couldn't – I didn't do it very well. And if somebody mm. knows how to do it, I think the thing is is that uh, – uh for me to make a reproduction you either make you know 500 to a thousand uh or you do the onesie twosie kind of things and i i'm probably more the onesie twosie kind of guy but uh i just can't handle inventory i don't know if it's because i'm too messy or what But it seems like anytime i bought a lot of prints, uh, it always seemed like half of them would destroyed real quick.
1: But You're an anyway. artist. That's how it goes. Yeah, I,
0: but I, I, I'm all up for, uh, you know, original pieces. If somebody wants to come by the studio, uh, one thing I've done with some people is they, they bring their family we make art, uh, marks on the canvas and then I paint something over the top of it. So the marks still are there. A history of their family's Mark making is still there. That's been That's, fun. That, that sounds um, like fun. But, uh, yeah, I, I think I, I this is sort of like kind of like an Oscars moment where right before you leave, you're like, and I'd like to thank my wife, Beth, <laughs> For all her patience. We <laughs> up with late nights at the studio. I was going to ask you the, about her. The turpentine and cigar smell that I have when I come home sometimes. Yeah.
1: So she's got to be a pretty cool lady. But once she sees those pieces, she's like, OK, it's all worth it. I didn't have, this one
0: I, I made for, uh, this is the only, I was going to do this uh, interview in my studio, but um, uh, I don't have any Wi-Fi in there, and I tried doing the signal, it's just too low, so okay, this is my my wife's painting, so. That's
1: cool, I like yeah. that one, I was, I've been staring at it the whole time, like, that's yeah. cool. I, is I that, think
0: it, was, it was fun with it, it's like, in here, I don't know if you can see it, yeah. but it's the old 1980s, you know, IO logo, I had on their basketball shirts and there's just stuff in there as other herkies, but it's just constantly Mark.
1: It's about Mark making. It's about energy. Yeah. I love it. That is very cool. I like the herky at the hot, at the top. That's like dunking the basketball. It's like, that's my favorite part of it.
0: Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, is that that herky, uh, that's dunking the basketball is my, I can't remember what he was doing it's a combination of two different herkies that actually is a cheerleading herky really another herky that was jumping up and had that pose so I drew both of them on so it looks like he's
1: slamming it <laughs> oh that's awesome that's my favorite part of the whole thing is oh, the expression yeah. on his face and slamming the ball down it's, <laughs> yeah. it's really cool all right jeff thank you so much again for taking time i love hearing your perspective in your creative process you're such a humble guy and so creative and i it's just so interesting to me to hear the stories and the depth behind all of the work and the thought process because there's every piece that you know i can tell when i look at it i'm like okay there's so much more into this that, you know, I, I probably don't know about, but I love hearing, you know, your side of it and because you definitely put your whole heart into every single piece that you do. And that is very clear.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I really appreciate the time, Adam, and you do a wonderful show and, and, uh, I look forward to wearing my, my, uh, Nebraska Hawks nest hat that you're sending me and
1: oh yeah, uh, we'll have to
0: get your, uh, wife that, uh, that painting, or uh, some sort of version of it, so that
1: would be great. She would love that. When you,
0: when you guys come down in October, we'll have to have you at the studio. You can see
1: perfect. You can
0: see it. It's hanging right there. Just- we'll uh,
1: we'll we'll definitely swing by. We're gonna stop by. I want the kids to see the studio. Cool. So, all right, Jeb. We always end it with the Go Hawks. All right, all right. One, two, three.
0: Go Hawks! Oh, go wait. Hawks. Oh, wait, wait, wait. These guys are past their prime. <laughs> <laughs> the other lines.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah,
0: what you know? And I, I wish I had a little, you know,
1: so, a gold thing, going. a gold chain. Yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> so much cooler than we are. <laughs> yeah. Anyway,
0: go Hawks! Uh, All I right, go Hawks!
1: Movie, See you, Jeff.
0: Thank you.